Hi, and welcome to the Fit for Business podcast with me, Hayley Field, also known as the Food Ninja. I'm here to chat with business owners about their health and how it impacts their business and vice versa, and to share with you all the latest tools, tips and strategies that are working for myself and my clients. Hope you enjoy the episode. Today, I have a very special guest. Um, um, she has the very um, esteemed honour of being my longest serving client. I'm like a bad smell. You just can't get rid of her. <laughs> I can't get rid of her. <laughs> Today, I'm chatting to Joe Follows, or Joe Fo, as we like to call her. Yes. Um, who is a business owner, obviously, otherwise she wouldn't be on the podcast. Um, so, Joe, thank you very much for doing this. You're very welcome. Uh, I know how busy you are. We're going to talk about how busy you are uh, <laughs> in a moment. To start off with, could you tell me a little bit about your history as a business owner? So when did you first become self-employed? What business was it? How long ago was it? Fill me in, Jofo. It's the best offer I've had all fucking day. (laughs) (laughs) So I've always been, I've always had an element of self-employment. I don't like being bored. Mm. Um, So I always have had to do something in the background. I've always had either more than one job. I think the most I've had is three, a full-time job and two part-time jobs, teaching people how to ride and things like that. Horses, not that kind of (laughs) Teaching people how to ride. Yes. Um, I didn't know that about you. I have seen a picture of you riding a cow once when you were very small. My fucking father keeps putting shit online. (laughs) I don't know who taught him how to use Facebook, but fucking thanks for that. (laughs) Yeah, there's always been an element of self-employment. Um, and the horse riding business led um, into beauty in a really bizarre way. Really? Uh, yeah. So um, I had a, I bought a horse from a dealer. The horse had injured herself, and I was looking for ways to kind of bring her back to health. I think she'd fallen over in the lorry, and mm. um, she was. She, we'd box rest her. We'd bring her out. She be lame again after two days and back into the stable she'd go I tried all sorts chiropractors physio kind of everything that you would do to bring a horse back to health and then I come across a company that sold health supplements and I asked them if they used they, they said um that there was a product that's really good for bone health and joint health and they mm. can be animals so I was like right I'll have a punt on that it was 30 quid chucked it in her food and within six weeks I was jumping her the mare so I thought fucking hell this stuff works so I bought into it thinking I might be able to retail it a bit to my clients my riding clients yeah they brought out I think they updated their makeup range so you have to kind of picture this someone that's never touched the fucking brows before the age of 30 (laughs) do eye makeup but that was the extent of my kind of experience I could change my brakes in 20 minutes (laughs) um, like, or I kind of went, mm, if I went and learned how to apply makeup, then I could probably sell some of these things. Hmm. So, and my mates were like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> learning how to paint nails. I, and I signed up with a local college and I did an evening class and it fitted around my kids. So I was hmm. on a single parent. They were very, very little. And it was one evening a week. And my mates were like, Joe, you're going to be so fucking bored. I actually, I really enjoyed the course because of the the anatomy and physiology that needed to be know the kind of chemical stuff and I went on and I did the level two got to the end of level two and they didn't do a part-time level three course I kind of just started adding in day courses to it so if I got often enough for a service um, a beauty service I would then go and do a training course in it and add it in um, and that's really how I I, I grew the business I was working full-time mm-hmm. as a teacher um, and then I'd go out on the evenings that I didn't have the kit. I was completely mobile, 100% mobile. Um, and I think the very first month I opened the business, I think I maybe did two brow waxes and a facial. That was it. Okay. I did two pedicures, a facial and brow wax. And it literally, someone told the mates, someone told the mates. And then I put it on Facebook and it got a bit busier. And then I did a, um, a website and it got a bit busier. And I thought, oh, fucking hell, I'm I would have got, got enough now for a full day of clients. So I dropped a day at the, be- at the teaching mm. and built it up and built it up and then dropped another day. So I was three days teaching and four days beauty in amongst 
doing school runs, wow. you know, trying to have a social life with my friends, trying to get laid when I could. <laughs> and um, it just got really, really overwhelming because I was like seven days a week, resented having to do the day job. And they, the day job kind of went, mm, we're making redundancies. And I put my name down for it. And then we had a massive snowfall in Shropshire. And it yeah. literally, the whole county ground to a halt over a weekend. All of my beauty clients cancelled. And I was like, fuck, I can't raise two kids, pay bills, you know, run a house. If I've got no money coming in, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. So I withdrew the, um, the application for redundancy. And then literally a week later, I thought, you stupid cow, how often do we have weather like that? As soon as the next wave of redundancies came up, which was about four months later, because it was education and all these changes were coming in. And it was just, it wasn't teaching anymore. It was a fucking box ticking exercise event. That was all it was. And so I was like, well, okay, I'm going to go. And all my colleagues were like, no, you won't. No, you won't. And I I did. I went and I, I took a tiny little three grand redundancy package but it was enough that I had four days a week for the beauty, mm. three grand behind me, and it was enough to kind of balance that kind of, you know, income not coming in, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and it was the scariest fucking thing I ever did, going full time. Yeah. But my dad, he said to me, you've always got qualifications behind you. You can go back to these qualifications if they don't work. Mm. So I think that gave me a bit of, well, fuck it, if it don't work. I can go yeah. with somebody else. I think we know now, two years down the line, uh, sorry, 12 years down the line, that doesn't work. <laughs> unemployable, especially what happened two years ago. No, I'm very unemployable. I think I think everyone, you know, all business owners have that moment, don't they? That element of like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to go all in with this. But it's trying to figure out, like, when is that moment? Understanding that it won't work every time. And to try and detach yourself from it, because I think a lot of us suffer, you know, mental health issues sometimes because we tie so much self-worth into whether our things succeed or not. So when they don't succeed, you know, I'm shit, I couldn't do this rather than, you know, this is just another idea that didn't work. Yeah. And it's it is taking that element, that safety net away from you, especially when you have responsibilities like mortgage payments like children like you know car payments like anything that that it is it's terrifying but I think you have to have an element of that fuck it it is terrifying as as a business owner definitely and Um, so so you leapt and that was 12 years ago and now 2009 I went full-time yeah so that's you know 13 years this year 13 years ago and um you have a fully booked months in advance beauty business so yeah. your your fuck it moment kind of worked for you it yeah it's not been easy it's not been plain sailing there have been moments where I've been oh I'm gonna get a fucking job in Tesco's I fucking <laughs> no shows and last minute cancellations and ridiculous kind of you know, when someone complains about you, because you put your heart and soul into what you do as a business mm-hmm. owner, when you own that business, you take ownership of what that, whatever service you put out. You absolutely put heart and soul. So if someone comes back to you and says, I don't like this, this isn't good enough, you take it personally. It has not been plain sailing. It's never been smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's the best thing I ever did. Yeah. Good. And it's so it's so good that, you know, despite all those challenges, you still feel like that 12 years later. Yeah. Yeah. I've got no choice. I am unemployable. So so speaking of those challenges, um, a few of those or quite a few of those have been health related, haven't they? So how do you think that being self-employed over the past 12 years, um, how has that affected your health and how did your health, you know, affect your ability to do the things that you wanted to do in your business? Um, so my health, when I, I don't know that they were, uh, now I know that there's a direct correlation between health and business and hmm. one having to be good for the other one to be good. Definitely. I understand that now. Um, but at the time I fucking winged it when I first started. Yeah. Um, but my health wasn't brilliant. Um, I'd gone from being, um, extremely overweight when I was in a relationship with the kid's dad yeah so I've always had a crap relationship 
with kind of food I've always considered myself overweight and there's been mental health problems that came with that mm. um, and then I ended that long relationship with him and dropped a shit ton of weight um and went really really got really skinny got really healthy as you do when you leave 50 yeah. and um and then I was took up running which I used to do as a kid and kind of found my love of exercise again yeah. um and I was in the gym I tore my rotator cuff for our listeners she's pointed yeah. out <laughs> thanks um uh, I tore that in a gym not really knowing what I was doing so I when I was running and I was long distance running half marathon distances and then I had um an argument with a lorry um and mm. my car um which cracked vertebrae right at the bottom of my back which meant that I couldn't take any running impact anymore so I had to give it up um and it was horrible um mm. and I put on a shit ton of weight and I had horrendous back problems back pain was very very debilitating now when you're in beauty you're either sitting for long periods of time you're standing for long periods of time or you're sleeping for not very long periods of time um, and when you've got a bad back and you have very, very minimal flexibility, that's not great. So I, um, because I had a business, because I needed, I had bills to pay and I had clients to, to serve, I chucked a shit ton of pain pills down my neck. And I was doing mm-hmm. probably 20 pain pills a day. And I had the good ones. My GP says, these are the ones you can sell in prison. <laughs> that good that's why she gave me a prescription when these are the ones you can sell in prison gabapentin pregabalin diazepam all the good ones that make you well yeah and um yeah I took them I carried on taking them and I went back to the GP and went this is uh, not good I can't do my work I was having to I had to adapt and put my body in particular positions when I was massaging I had brain fog horrendous brain fog um you know kind of like my sleep was affected because um you're not sleeping properly so you're not mm. rested not rested for the day and you know you get ratty and you get you but you just keep going um and I put on a load of weight and I remember I opened the door once um for a beauty client and I was doing a spray tan and I opened the mm. door and she went oh thank god you're not skinny and I'm kind of like, wow but how did that affect your mental health and your self-esteem I'm the fat funny friend right you I guess you have to try and just deal with it and um you know putting the weight on and stuff it does affect your self-confidence and your self-esteem massively massively Mm. you know we got from where I'd be able to walk in I didn't walk into a bar when I was with a kid's dad and then I left him and could walk into a bar because I was slimmer and not really kind of think oh look at they're gonna I wouldn't like I got to a point where I wouldn't be like wanting to eat in front of people because people want to judge you because you're overweight and things like that Mm. you know that's and you're always conscious of how you look as a therapist you want to look neat and tidy because that's how therapists should look and obviously I don't fucking look like a typical therapist and I've been marked down by other business owners as not been looking like a typical therapist but I still stand by the fact that I'm fucking 10 12 weeks in advance booked so I'm not that fucking yeah so you're doing something right (laughs) so um during that time so obviously you know you put on a lot of weight because of the the bad back and the pain pills and everything now you tried I think it's fair to say every fucking thing going to try and lose weight yeah I tried everything um that one fucking herbal life with bollock shakes um I tried one body something from Canada Um, oh yeah yeah yeah, I tried anything. And of course, the big one is your favourite fucking company ever. Mm, don't say it. Go on, say it. Fucking Slimming World. Slimming fucking world. I went to Slimming World five times. Five, five times. times. I started. I went. I signed up. I did the did the talk. I had the book. I did the weight measurements. I followed the diet. I just gave up. I went back and it was this wheel. I failed. I failed. I failed. 
try again, mm. just try again, try again. I went through starving myself. So I'd go all day. I'd have black coffee in the morning all day. Mm. You know, 12 hours of physical work and to eat at night. Well, come fucking Wednesday, I'd be on my house because yeah. I'd have fuel all week. But I, in my head, if I don't eat, I'm going to be slim. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, and then the Slim and World diet was everything was sinned. So there's an element, now I understand, there's an element of good food, bad food. And that was, mm-hmm. oh, I feel good, all that kind of thing. And you'd have this conversation with your clients. Oh, yeah. You're good, aren't you? Oh, you're not being good. Um, you know, and it, and it's, it is, um, especially because probably, probably 95% of my business demographic is women. Yeah. And the, 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 the pressure on women to look and appear um, and, and and function a particular way is massive. massive. Yeah. So it, it was a regular conversation that I'd have with clients. Um, mm. you know, and they oh, I'm being good, I've got a holiday. And then they go to that, they they do the crash diets, they'd go on holiday and they do the no mob, no cars for mobs, all yeah. of that you know, and then they get back and they just cane the fucking chip shop again. And it was yeah. just and I was on that wheel, and I know mm. that there are lots of other women who are on that wheel. They, they are. And I think I do talk a lot about Slimming World and people say, why do you single them out? You know, um, it, it's because of, you know, they don't have I, I'm going to get shot down in flames for this because I'll probably link to it in the show notes. But I did a video on TikTok about Slimming World, uh, which has nearly 80,000 views at the moment. And there is a lot of hate for me on that video from people because it's like a cult it only works for them as long as they follow the rules um which is my big bugbear about it because you shouldn't be creating something that people have to follow forever and ever and ever you should be empowering them to make their own decisions around food rather than follow somebody else's rules i have to pick up the pieces of people who have been at you know their relationship with food has been destroyed, their self-esteem has been destroyed, they've been shamed, you know, they've sat in that circle of shame and been told off because I haven't lost uh, a pound this week. And, you know, I it really pisses me off. Um, so I, I've gone to two different groups and the very mm-hmm. first group I went to, um, in the first week I ever did a diet, I lost, I think it was eight pound or seven pound in a week because I yeah. started side but also my, my diet had clearly been shit the first week I didn't I know that I know now that that massive weight loss at the beginning was water weight yes I wasn't I was following I was eating lots of fresh fruit fresh vegetables things like that so the next week I only lost a pound the week after that I lost uh, I put on two pound and the woman said I won't mention her name the woman said to me you're a big girl you should have lost why haven't you lost what have you been doing and I said oh I think I started and I'd gone to a dance class or something Mm. and she said what what are you doing that for and I was like because I want to she said exercise won't help you lose weight it's your food that will help you lose weight and I said right and she said you could you could lose weight just by sitting on the sofa and I that and that was (laughs) That I came away from that group thinking that I'd done something wrong. Mm. Not the fact that I've gone and I decided to go to a class. I'm a single mum with two kids. And actually that 45 minutes hour of movement would yeah. have world a good my mental health. No, I come from there thinking I was doing it wrong. Um, if you put weight on, then you have failed. And I've gone and I've had my weight recorded Um and the woman went, ooh, as she wrote down my weight. And I put on five pounds in a week. Now, for a wow. lady there, when you have a period, I can quite easily put on half stone in a week because of water retention. Yeah. And I said, it's, you know, it's that kind of week again. And she went, are you going to stay so you can get this sorted and get this nipped in the bud before it gets out of control? But I felt so ashamed. And I walked straight mm. out of that group and never went back. That was yeah. the very last time that I went back. Um, yeah. And losing that avenue of dieting, I was like, fuck it, I'll just be fat. It's fair to say that when you came to me, uh, that you'd basically given up, hadn't you? Oh, for 
dieting yeah not necessarily for fitness because yeah. I had I'd the um hospital the consultant had said to me with my back there's nothing else we can do and I went right okay um and I was talking to um, a really good friend of mine who's a physiotherapist and she said core you need to strengthen your core um or you need to go and and you know do uh work with a PT and I thought that it's a sensible thing to do I'll have someone mm. to guide me. I'm not going to tear my rotator cuff again and mm. that's what I kind of started and I think I was looking so I'd started at the gym but obviously hadn't lost any weight mm. and I, my mindset was I need to I need to um if I'm exercising I should be losing weight and your body's kind of going no that's <laughs> yeah. uh, so then I was looking for a an answer um and a very good friend of ours yes g um they were working with you and i had seen their phenomenal results and g said you you need to need a haley what the fuck is a haley and where do i find that (laughs) and and you know before i uh commit to working with people one-to-one because I think it's fair to say it's quite an intense experience isn't it um I like to obviously have a chat with people and see you know whether we get on and and make sure I can absolutely help people you know before we go ahead and you make that commitment you know financially and and time-wise and I remember the conversation that I had with you very clearly it's probably one of the most um it probably be imprinted in my brain forever so I remember that you were quite defensive <laughs> I'm like, why is she on this call does she even want to be here and like I was I remember I was asking you questions you're being quite defensive but I I because I think I'm going to blow my own trumpet here now I'm quite good with people and and obviously I've met a lot of people in your situation I was like hmm yeah I think you know we know probably why she's being defensive but I remember the conversation ended where we had a a bit of a chat and then the conversation ended you said you're going to go away and think about it because from a financial point point of view it was quite a big commitment for you at the time it it? was because my idea of and I'm going to use this word loosely and in air commas dieting because that's yeah. what I thought I was coming to you for mm. yeah so you were looking kind of kind of you know for the purely weight loss so you like I know from a financial perspective you're probably like what the fuck like <laughs> week, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah it's not your slimming world fiver a week unfortunately um <laughs> so I know you said you're gonna go away and think about it and I thought I probably won't see her again which is a shame because I felt like I really wanted to help. I felt there was something that I hadn't quite uncovered about you. And I was like, mm, I think she's been defensive for a reason. And I'd love to know what that reason is. Um, so I didn't kind of hear from you for a few days. And then I got a message in my Facebook messenger going, uh, nothing ever works for me because I'm broken. Like this won't work for me either. But here's some money anyway. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, that is not the most enthusiastic sign-up I've ever had in my life, if I'm being honest. <laughs> and then I was like, Jesus, okay, right. Well, you know, then you know, I, I obviously, when I talk to people, I know it's going to work. And I appreciate that people who come to me because of the kind of people I get, who are people who've tried everything and do feel like they're fucking broken, right? Because that's how... I honestly genuinely thought that my metabolism had broken. Yeah. But- I've tried all these diets and nothing worked and I was an absolute failure and it wasn't going to work but that's how desperate I was I was like here have what I considered a substantial amount of money yeah uh because I I knew that it it worked for my friend Yeah. yeah and I always say to people like I will lend you some of my belief until you build some of your own because I know that this works mm-hmm. um so that was <clears throat> nearly three years ago oh, it's, mad. it's two and a half years ago um so I know a lot of people listening to this will probably say fucking hell she must be shit <laughs> she's still <laughs> we obviously worked on a lot of things yeah but you didn't right dieting for me yeah so you didn't, you didn't get weight. Well, you did get weight loss. <laughs> to make that clear, you did yeah, get no, twenty kilos weight loss. So. Yeah, twenty kilos. But obviously, a lot of other stuff has changed, hasn't it? The main thing 
um, is the mindset stuff. So rather than get you to focus on how much you weighed, we eventually got you to think differently about yourself and think rather than try and be a size whatever, size Mm -hmm. eight or 10 or whatever, how about if I was fucking badass strong instead? Or how about if, you know, I ate so well that my mental clarity was off the scale? And um, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, what you thought you were getting and what you ended up with? I suppose a one-size-fits-all diet sheet. Hmm. What you need to eat. This is how you're going to eat it. This is what I want you to do. And then when you went, right, you need to sign up to my fitness pal and track your food for two weeks. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean? I've got to track. I just eat what I want. Um, and actually, that was a really good tool because I'm like, fuck me. Look how many calories I've actually was eating. Your protein one. I'm like, what's fucking protein? You need to protect the carbs. And yet, what, what do anyone do that for? So to focus on the actual nutrition that you're fueling your body with was mind-blowing for me. Mm. Um, and so, yes, we got down to the, you know, we we did, the weight started coming on. But I remember at the time you were kind of, you said to me, oh, we'll get a bit further on and then we'll look at your sleep. And I went, what the fuck are we looking at sleep for? <laughs> and you were like, yeah, but that won't be yet. And I was like, what, what, why, why are we having to look at sleep? And then I remember you saying, yeah, you know, we'll look at mental health. And I was like, nothing wrong with my mental health. What are you talking about? You know, I'm I'm a successful business owner. I got this fucking down, pal. No, you're wasting your time. Um, and uh, there was always elements of, okay, I've not had a great week this week. Why? Well, I've been tired and I've been busy and I've got no energy. And right, okay, let's ha- start having to look at, you know, where's your downtime? Well, I can't have any downtime. I'm a fucking business owner. No, Joe, you need to start putting your downtime in. And you know how fucking resistant I've been. I'm still resistant <laughs> three years down the fucking line. <laughs> I think that's where I kind of, and that was probably on our, about month seven, that was when mm. we started that. So all of that at the, at the beginning was all nutrition and getting that kind of fixed because I was so fixated on how much I weighed. Yeah. That's what, what I thought was important. Mm. Um, and then I think my focus from working with you and working with the PT um it started I started looking at well actually if I eat lots of protein I can lift a bit heavier weights yeah I quite like being able to lift heavy weights because that helps my back oh Mm. hang on we're getting down six months down the line I've got you know I'm eating better I'm fueling better for the gym I can lift heavier weights I don't have to take as many painkillers anymore not on as many painkillers I'm sleeping if I'm sleeping better then my my I've got more energy to tackle a 12, 13 hour day. If I've got more clarity, I know that I can remember I've got to reply to clients. Mm. And I start and that's how slowly but fucking surely <laughs> how it's evolved. And I sneaky fucking ninja skills, I always say to this too, yeah. But it never occurred to me as a business owner that everything that we've worked on, sleep, nutrition, hydration, mental health you know, mindset, fucking mm. paramount. I don't give a fuck why way anymore. Yeah. No, I don't care. I know for a fact that I've had three PBs in the gym last week and I can lift 90 kilos on a leg press. Yeah. And I'm aiming for a 100 kilo deadlift this year. Well, when I started three years ago, I could barely pick up a four kilo lift six inches off the ground. So it's really important isn't it to look at your progress in other areas rather than just you know as we've been conditioned to I think that's fair to say that there was quite a lot of resistance (laughs) in a lot of these areas (laughs) but that isn't you know that's not unusual for the kind of people that I work with because when you're a business owner you know your business is your baby and anything that takes you away from that you know, so if I was saying to people, oh, it'd be really good if you went out for a walk at lunchtime, clear your head, get some steps in, you know, hopefully you live somewhere nice. The resistance to that is like, oh, I could be answering emails or I could be doing this or I could be doing that. And, um, you know, I find that a lot with the people that I work with. And I always talk to them about return on investment because that is, you know, language that a business owner understands, right? If you invest 30 minutes of your lunch hour in walking, the return on that is in the afternoon, you get more shit done. 
Because it's weird because I get used to get the two o'clock slump and I'd be like, I need sugar, I need coffee, I need, I need, I need. Go for a walk, Joe. No, fuck off. Like, if I'm not working on my business, my business isn't working. If, if I'm not earning, I have to be working 24-7 because that is my business. I don't take my foot off the gas because if I take my foot off the gas, somebody else might swoop in and, and steal those clients, steal that mm. business. I can't possibly take my foot off the gas. But come two o'clock, I'd be fucked. I'd be like, yeah. I couldn't do anything for the rest of the day. However, yeah. as you say, you know, a 45-minute walk out in the fresh air, and you're like, right, okay, right, go again now. It does make you way, way, way more productive. Yeah. Which is really that you're always fucking right, but there we go. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention, actually, um, my first episode um, where I interviewed Terry, who used to be a client a while ago, he actually said exactly the same thing. Maybe this is going to be a theme and I'm going to be super smug and annoying about how right I am. Wow. <laughs> so we um, got you losing weight. You were lifting heavier. We got you sleeping better. We got uh, you feel, you know, feeling a bit calmer, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then lockdown happened, didn't it? So do you want to talk to us a little bit about what happened during lockdown? Fucking fun experience that was. You know, when you kind of hear, first heard about it, and you're like, ah, oh, it's just, it won't bother us. It won't bother us. And it just, you know, we kind of come and come. No, I never, ever, ever thought in a million years that the thing that would fucking rip the carpet out from underneath me was a global pandemic and a national no. lockdown. It just never occurred to me. So it was never on radar. At all. So out of the 18 or so months, I was shut for 13 months. Wow. So 13 months meant no income. There was nothing. I had savings, thank fuck, because I had to survive on the money I had in the bank, uh, family. We had lockdown from the 23rd of March, and by the 31st of March, I was in, I was I had a job. Yeah. So you ended up taking a job, didn't you? So do you want to talk to us about what an impact that had on your health um I was terrified if I'm honest because to have suddenly no form of income you know yeah I had I had savings and thank god I did um I went I got a job in a care home which I went back into care which I haven't done for many many years um and I walked in there for the interview and I thought to myself they're gonna ask me to work nights um, and they went, yeah, great, you start next week, and your first shift is a night shift, and I was on nights, waking nights, and I remember I was on the phone call to you, and I said what I'd done, and your face just dropped, and I was like, what, and you went, I don't want to say anything, and it wasn't until we got to kind of, I think, when I told them to fold the job four ways and shove it up their fucking ass. Yeah, I think it was about it was getting on for three months. Wasn't it wasn't it? Like three, yeah, it wasn't quite three months. Yeah. Um, and I said to you, what was the phase four? And you said, because of the catastrophic effect it can have on your your health. And waking nights, so you're, you're awake from eight o'clock at night till eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then you're having to sleep in the day when your body is naturally meant to be awake. So to fuel myself through the night, I had sugary snacks, I had coffee, and then I had to quickly undo the coffee to be able to rest. Um, yeah. You told me to get a sleep mask to block out the daylight, um, and the weight went on, and you were like, it's fine, it's fine, just get through it. We'll, we'll sort yeah, of There was no choice. And that's why I didn't say anything at the beginning of the process. Um, because there's no point in saying to you, oh God, this is going to impact your health so much that you should really look at doing something else because there was nothing else. There was no choice. Um, So, you know, it wasn't a choice really, was it? You had to do it. But I have worked with people who've worked night shifts before um, and it does have such a massive impact. You know, when people come to me or, you know, I have had a few questions like, oh, how can I lessen the impact of working nights or what should I do if I work nights? And I always tell people, look for another job mm-hmm. um, because it fucks you up. It really does, because there's a lot of, you know, the circadian rhythm stuff that every single cell in your body runs off its own little clock. Yeah. Um, and when you start doing shit that you're not supposed to at the right, you know, at the wrong time. So even things like 
your gastrointestinal health, for example, because you are eating at times when your stomach is not expecting to have to digest stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the only um, reason or the only way that your body knows what time it is, is from external cues from our environment. So, you know, looking at the blue sky that's the blue that's a good kind of blue light that tells our body that we need to suppress melatonin production um and it wakes us up cortisol adrenaline all of these hormones you know everything is affected when you work nights you know when you work nights there is an increased risk of metabolic disorder there's increased risk of depression and mental health problems um you know there are a lot of negative health outcomes associated with working nights. it makes you more hungry as well and that's because of ghrelin apparently it does yeah because if you don't get enough sleep your ghrelin does not return back to normal levels and therefore makes you more hungry um and obviously when you're tired you will look for um carbohydrate rich snacks which are normally sugary snacks and things so you know there was that for us to contend with but I think if I'd told you at the time how long it was going to take us to fix that in terms of getting your sleep back to normal and stuff like would you have believed me at the time because how long do you want to talk a little bit about how long it took and what we had to do and what you went through months months to get my sleep back to back into a rhythm you know mm. yeah massive massive effects um I I don't think I ever obviously I put weight back on because um of, you know whatever I wasn't going to the gym because they were closed so that affected my back pain my back pain you know I'm sliding back into that kind of chasm of shit and hell mm. through no fucking fault of my own yeah and I think that's that was difficult for you as well, isn't it? Because uh, I don't think I'm saying anything unusual here to say that you are a bit of a control freak and yes. you don't like being told what to do. So when somebody tells you you can't do a lot of the things that you want to do, you don't deal with it that well, do you? I'm fucking fuming. And I, I felt like a failure. You know, my business closed through no fault of my own. I put weight back on. My back is fucking hurting again. I'm back on the painkillers because I wasn't able to move as much. And I was trying to mitigate all of that by eating when I could, walking when I could. And, you know, we had that amazing summer. So I was out when I could. But you're still having to go back in and stay awake throughout the night. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I think one time I did four consecutive night shifts. I could quite easily have died I think I don't know I take my hat off anybody that does it it is utterly impossible to maintain it for any sustained length of time and in your health without yeah exactly without it having a severe impact on your health which is what happened I mean your sleep it took us a long time didn't it to get that back to well over a year yeah yeah um and it affected my confidence it affected my mental health it affected everything you know because mm-hmm. I felt like I'd failed again yeah on the on the calls with you over and over and over again you know because I'm trying this and it's not working I'm trying that and it's not working and you must have been like fuck me here we go again <laughs> no I would never be like that no, you were <laughs> But but no, there were there were a lot of tears, weren't there? Yeah. Um, because it, you know, it's that's a horrible situation to be in to know that a lot of the things that keep you healthy, um, a lot of that was then outside of your control. But the fact that you were trying stuff, you carried on. You know, I kept reminding myself, you are a business owner too, and you were, were going through that too, and it's still having to keep everybody else kind of buoyed up and, and focused as much as you could and I know that you were losing clients because people couldn't afford it because of whatever um and I remember there was a time when I was like am I um should I keep doing this because obviously it's still an, an expense um and I thought I I have I need you I couldn't have done it and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your fucking ass you don't need it. um but I genuinely I would say this to anybody, I don't think I would have come through that as unscathed as I did if it wasn't for the support that you had. When I know you must have been like, me, you know, this is bad, that's bad, the other's bad. 
and you fucking carried on going as much and you got me carried me through it so yeah you did and spent another fucking year having to unfuck everything that <laughs> what can i say i love a challenge oh, that's really nice thank you and you are you you know that my weakness for uh um helping people it is a bit of a weakness sometimes um but also when people say nice shit about me I normally start crying so well done for trying to make me cry on my own fucking podcast (laughs) (laughs) um so that all sounds like fucking doom and gloom but there was something that really good that came out of lockdown wasn't there do you want to tell us a little bit about that so um ever since I was a little kid I've always I've written lots of kind of stories and I've always wanted to be an author. And I come across a um, a little um, book course and um, I, it was reduced because it, obviously they were trying to keep survive um, lockdown as well. And I thought, fuck it, I'll have a bunch we should say that's from our, our friends, Neil and Jen, the Bakewell. Yes. 21 I, days for publication, and they were very generously made that very cheap and gave it away in some cases, didn't they, during yeah. lockdown to help people uh, find another income stream. So I just want to give them a little shout out. He has changed my life, absolutely. Um, because I kind of thought, well, I'll give it a punt. It's a bit of a go. And it was lockdown. and was fuck all else to do. And I did it. And I... I fell in love with the process um and to see my my pen name on a book on amazon was the fucking biggest buzz ever um and it turned out that i'm actually pretty good at it Um, you are very good and and that's that was a year ago how many books have you published now on amazon that you've written 29 out at the moment 29 books which is fucking ridiculous yeah it's not bad is it considering I only started um, yeah really on it a year ago and that guy Neil uh, has absolutely transformed my life he's been amazing um and yeah he his I kind of obviously my my doors opened I went back to work and the beauty kind of um kind of went mad and there was always in the background of actually I don't ever want to have be in a situation where my income stream is cut off ever again. I need yeah. to diversify. So I um Neil came to me. I think it was a spot for his one-to-one slots opened up. And um I oh, sorry, I went to him and was like, I'll have one of them, we'll give it three months. And um so he's like, Yeah, all right. So I gave him some money and I went from making 21p a month in three months to making 750 quid. Wow. Um, it's all right, then. It's all right, isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty good, it is. It's pretty, you know, your shit. Um, and then I kind of went, oh, fuck me. That's all right, isn't it? I'll bet that. Um, and then I was like, okay, right, I've now got two businesses. Uh, one that's lovely and creative and I can sit on and, and, and my own. I don't want to give beauty up because I kind of like creating and making things pretty. And I've spent, you know, the last 15, 16 years training and spent or 20 grand on the permanent makeup courses alone. Mm. I don't want to give that element up. So what do I do? Well, we'll run the two of them fucking together. <laughs> so now, well, we should also say that current the current situation is you are a multiple business owner because you, in fact, have three businesses now, don't you? Yeah, we do. So the, the, um, the author, the pens, um, Obviously, the beauty, the beauty copywriter. I am. Um, again, it just comes from a love of words. Um, yes. I've been writing my own content for fifteen years. I may as well be able to fucking monetize it. Yeah. So, so we're at the beginning of our time together. You know, you had those health challenges around. Um, you know, more around weight loss, getting stronger. Um, also you need some mindset shifts and, and a bit of kind of mental health stuff so now that you've got three businesses and you know you're doing something that you really love that's been a childhood dream in, in terms of the writing I imagine all your problems have gone away now have they oh yeah yeah it's fucking life, life's brilliant life's fucking lovely and dandy no it's fucking not <laughs> who knew that running three businesses is fucking stressful 
quite hard. It is, and I think I think you're in quite a unique. Well, you're not in a unique position. I'm sure there are other people as well. But I, this is something that I, I really want to get across to people is you've obviously for the past sort of 15 years been self-employed. You've had various different businesses, but each business brings its own health challenge almost, doesn't it? Whether that might be your physical health or whether it's your mental health. So do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, the work that we predominantly do together now, even though obviously it is all health based, we do a lot of stuff around mindset, dealing with your overwhelm, dealing with stress management by way of doing things like time blocking and organisation and stuff like that. So do you want to talk a little bit about your current health challenges with your three businesses? (laughs) So my current health challenges are overwhelm definitely the one plus is the food has been a relative constant because it's been added in gradually it's not been something that it's been like this is going to be you know it's not baptism of fire and because you don't tell me what to eat it kind of fits in around the things that I do and I eat the things that I like so that bit's sorted I know to drink because I'm in the gym and I'm training what I didn't know how to do and what you what we've been working on probably for the last year has been mental health impact Hmm. and overwhelm and the what the fucking hell am I doing this for um and how to juggle and effectively give time to each business so that each because it is impossible for me to sit Hmm. and write 2,000 words of fiction, 1,000 words of content, and then do a set of lashes all in one day. It's absolutely yeah. impossible. And I have done it, and you kind of went, fucking are you doing? Don't be doing that. <laughs> it's, um, and you kind of went, ah, you need to have a themed day. And I went, the fucking hell I thought that for? That's quite a good idea, isn't it? So I have two days a week for fiction, I have a day a week for content, and I have three days a week for beauty. And what do I make you always block into your diary first before any of that? For anything, for absolutely anything, gym, swim, steps. That's it. So oh, we take care of your, we time block for your health behaviours first, don't we? You give me maybe do woo-woo bollocks. Right. <laughs> I am the least woo-woo person out there. No offence to any of the listeners, uh, but being an evidence-based practitioner means I'm a bit of a science geek and I don't do the woo-woo. Uh, and I would say that Joe is probably uh, my least woo-woo client as well. So when I suggested to you, Joe, that you might want to do a bit of journaling, science-based, I gave you the science behind why it's a good idea, but you still refer to it as that woo-woo shit you made me do. <laughs> We were bollocks. Let's get it right. Bollocks. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but does it work? Does the journal? Does the woo woo bollocks journaling work? Or yes, it fucking does. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So time blocking. Um, and if I don't plan my week, it goes to shit. But having the theme day certainly helps because I can focus on each business as I mm. need. Um, and then you know, there's a reminder comes up on my phone. Get up and go for a walk know get up and go and I know I don't uh, now because I don't do school runs anymore because my kids are old and fingers crossed about to fucking move out (laughs) to university we should say you're not just throwing them out randomly oh yeah no, they're both going to uni um clever twats should we said we should say uh so before nine o'clock in fact before 10 o'clock is my time um Mm. that is my and it has to be because I have to get my my gym in if I don't I feel like I've failed and I cry a lot and, and feel like I'm shit again. And it, that's... That Even m- though we've been working on that for quite some time. The fact yeah. that you feel shit, not the fact that you might not go to the gym. Yeah, no, it, again, it, it isn't something that's... You kind of think, well, oh, just sort of give your head a wobble. And it's quite hard to actually give your head a wobble when you're in a, in a mindset of, I'm shit, everything's shit, everyone's better than I am, I can't do anything like that all that kind of thing I think it really comes from being a business owner yeah you everybody has a moment of how am I what 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 am I doing what's the point of because both of us well apart obviously from your your business stuff we run online businesses now I actually think that it's quite a unique environment 
um, because there's a lot of comparison that goes on. And, you know, much like people do with their general lives on online, business owners only share how great it is, how they're smashing it, how their latest launch made millions of pounds. And, you know, and this kind of what I call this fucking hustle and grind porn, which I absolutely hate, which is I'm such a great business owner because I work 20 hours a day and I really want it. And, you know, I feel like that causes that sort of overwhelm and that comparison of like, I must be a shit business owner because I don't want to work 18 hour days every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I once said to you, sleepers for a week, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And you That went down well, didn't it? Yeah, lead, lead blue kind of. Thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it didn't, um, it, it isn't that at all. And I think actually lockdown taught me that um, balls to the wall, you know, my beauty business was a fucking juggernaut and it, it encompassed absolutely everything of my life. And I think mm-hmm. it gave me a chance to sit back and assess what it was I wanted yeah. um, and the quality of of life I wanted and you know I at the time I was living uh is it living to work and I just needed yeah. to work to live that's and that was where we're going what we're going towards and I think it's about defining your own version of success isn't it because yeah. you know we are a lot of people are just looking at a a business owners or like I said this hustle and grind shit like that definition of success is either oh I'm a six-figure business owner or I'm this or I'm that whereas you know we should look at other factors when we're defining success like you know like we do with our health which isn't just about weight being a business owner isn't just about launches and money and being successful isn't about that either you know I think a measure of success should be how healthy are you because if you've got a successful business, but you're too fucking knackered and ill to enjoy the the rewards of that, yeah. are you really successful? I, I don't think so. No, I think it's quite sad mm. if people um, can't see that actually you're only here once. If you're kind of working continuously and don't actually get to enjoy elements of and have a good, a better, you know, go to, go get home from or close your laptop at the end of the day and don't just lie on the sofa and, and, and then wake up the next morning and off you go again you know yeah. you've got still got enough energy at the end of the day to hug your partner to play with your kids to go and have a drink with your mates to go out of a weekend mm. you know that, that kind of element of it there is weirdly enough a world beyond your business and I think sometimes we forget that because we are so engrossed like you said before our business is our baby yeah um and the the need to to constantly nurture it it does become a juggernaut if you allow it and if you don't have elements of actually I'm gonna go for a walk yeah you know actually I'm gonna sit down and eat a decent meal yeah do some deadlifts or whatever it is that floats your boat have that in your life because when you get to 60 you know if you can't fucking move if you make it to 60 that is my mum worked she was worked for somebody all life she was really really good at what she did mm-hmm. um, she had she retired it was forced retire and she lasted 13 months before she died so she'd paid into a pension all her life and she didn't get to enjoy it yeah and she worked flat out raising three kids I don't want that no there's, there's that there's a reason that I work the way I work and I don't that I want to have that freedom yes that and but not necessarily financial freedom the freedom to be able to go and shut the laptop and have the afternoon off yeah and and in terms of you achieving that success now you know like you say you work sort of these five sometimes six days because I know that obviously you've had weddings and stuff booked with the beauty stuff but that is a mixture of your three businesses now isn't it so rather than work flat out like you say in your beauty business which you know can be quite draining can't it and you've now got this nice mixture of something that you've dreamed of doing since you were a child with your writing and being a proper author and then helping still helping people with their beauty businesses with your content and stuff and then still keeping your hand in as it were with the beauty stuff so do you feel like in terms of that mixture that you've got now that can sort of be 
um, construed as one element of your success or you see that as a success? I th- I like the fact that, um, you know, I can quite happily take an afternoon off and not see a crash in, in income. Yeah. Um, because I've got um, – I'm not of the mindset that I was in when I first came to you of that mm. I, I have I am my business, therefore I have to be in it 24-7. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I love the fact that I've got – it appeals to my brain that um, likes activity and likes – to be challenged and doesn't like to be bored you know there's always something new to yeah. be learned in beauty in you know in copywriting and in fiction I fucking make shit up and get paid for it it's brilliant <laughs> um, it definitely appeals to my drama queen nature uh, <laughs> I I said before you know one day a week is uh content two days fiction three days beauty mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily I'm not working eight till eight no um, I'll start at 10. I'll take a, my first client, my beauty client will be half past nine, 10. And then from kind of two till half past four, I'll have some lunch. I'll go for a walk. And then I do half past four till and I try, try not to work past kind of seven o'clock, eight o'clock. Yeah. Um, because it affects my evenings. And mm. you know, Mondays and Tuesdays, I don't work evenings. Whereas I used to work six evenings a week. Yeah. So, um, so that very often. So that freedom of being able to set your day up exactly how you want it with, you know, time to invest in your health and do all these different things, you know, that surely can be deemed as being successful, right? I would would think so. And I think that was a thing we first started working on the mental, the, um, the kind of overwhelm and how to deal with it. You told me to sit down and write down exactly what I wanted my working week to look at. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And you were like, you know, put a lunch in to go and see your friends. Or, and I was like, ah, oh, that didn't even occur to me that I could have that free, you know, kind of from a business owner's point of view, I had to be working on my business. And it, it didn't occur to me that that was actually a fucking option. You yeah. know, my friends who are employed can have a lunch break and go out and, and speak to see their friends. They can take a half day annual leave and get paid for it. Their, their wages don't dip. Mm. And you kind of those elements were elements of employment that I missed when yeah. I was employed if you you didn't have time to be sick because if you were sick you weren't earning whereas now you know I uh, those elements of week that you said put in your ideal week those, those are the framework yeah now. and I my appointments go in my working blocks go in around the health the social yeah the, and I make sure that I take three evenings off a week and it's fucking it's a bit weird but <laughs> it is really important it is important and um, there's uh, people who are in the beauty who are you know they very very successful but I don't know how healthy they are and what their mental health is, is like you know and yeah I think I'm a much more balanced person I mean I still have days of oh, fuck me I can't be asked and yeah it makes me sound like I'm you know super innocent I'm not I still have days of like especially when I've had a fucking gin or three at the weekend um you know there are and there still are elements of I'm not good enough I can't do this this is shit um but then we do the woo-woo bollocks at the end of the night and we write all that down (laughs) it's in the book I'm forgotten about Um, it is they're they're becoming less and less frequent aren't they those yeah and they're less impactful when they happen as well yeah they used to last weeks and weeks at a time and now literally a day of oh, I can't do that I can't do this and then you kind of think on the fo- things that I have done and how far I've come and the things I can I am good at and the things that I can control so we're coming to the end of our time together now Jofo um just one final question that I think I, I was about to say one final question that I like to ask everyone I've had one fucking interview so far you're only my second I'm making it sound like I'm a I should have been your fucking first I'm the best I know I know um so one final question I'd like to ask everyone. Um, if you could give a business owner, a new business owner starting out, any piece of advice in terms of their health, um, what would you give them? Or what would you say is the most impactful thing that you implemented in terms of your health that you'd like to pass on to someone else? Hydration and sleep. That's two things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean hydration with actual water. 
Because I, I, it has impacted me massively. Hydration has in that it gives me more energy. Hmm. I sleep, and I never. I like I said, I come from. You know, I grew up with um, Wall Street. Wall Street, yeah. Sleep is for wimps. Sleep is for wimps. That's what I grew up on. And you kind of wake up in the morning and you pick your phone straight up and you're replying straight to clients and um, actually separating yourself from your business helps with the overwhelm, definitely. And don't be, my God, there's loads of things to say. Don't be as fucking available. But for me, from a health point of view, sleep and hydration. Yeah sleep and I never really give it any consideration of impacting me um my health um so yeah probably those are the two main health things that have impacted my business yeah. awesome thank you so much for being my second guest I don't know that I said anything of any use really for- of course you did of course you did oh. uh, and yeah it just remains for me to say thank you so much wow. um and I will see you on the next episode.